0: That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S code SUPER24.
1: This week on Viewpoints.
2: For decades, people would say, oh, well, wait till big tobacco comes in. Well, you missed the real big player, and
3: that's big cannabis.
1: Understanding the rapidly evolving cannabis industry. Then
3: It is the only sorting method that has so far been
4: devised where the person looking things up doesn't need to know anything. Where would we be without the A to Z method of organizing information? I'm Marty Peterson.
1: And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.
5: My doctor told me my cholesterol is borderline. So, I took control with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. Garlic helps maintain healthy cholesterol safely and naturally. It's odor and taste free, and garlic is a world leader in garlic potency. I'm taking charge of my cholesterol with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. Cholesterol's natural enemy.
6: These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural references only the garlic in the product. Use as directed.
3: What do you want to da-da-da? What do y'all want to da-da-da? I have not a da with da-da-da. We could switch to progress da da Oh, yeah? We could switch to progressa and sa!
5: Okay! We could sa and have to buy some za! Oh, yeah! Let's switch to ta da and get some za with the money we saw. Yeah! Now we know we're gonna da-da-da!
7: These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da to da.
6: Quote to da at progressive.com.
7: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates.
1: The cannabis market is a multi-billion-dollar industry. It's estimated that by 2025, medical and adult use sales will top $35 billion in the U.S. and it's only set to grow from there. Currently, recreational and medical marijuana use is legal in 15 states. Rewind back to 2012, and only Colorado and Washington made up this group. Part of the push to legalize? Cannabis is a mammoth moneymaker. Each year, the sector generates hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue for a state, and also stimulates local economies, providing new jobs and opportunities for entrepreneurship. But individual entry into the market isn't so simple. It's a competitive space made up of big players, substantial upfront costs, and strict regulations that vary widely from state to state. Take Colorado, for instance.
8: The marijuana regulations are expansive. At the present moment, I think that the retail and medical marijuana regulations from the state of Colorado are some 430 pages long. And there's a lot of ways that a business can violate those regulations inadvertently or via an employee slipping up.
1: That's David Wunderlich, a senior attorney at the Hoban Law Group in Colorado. He specializes in providing general counsel to both small startups and large hemp and marijuana businesses. Over the years, he's seen several instances where the specificity of the law has led to lasting headaches.
8: Sometimes violations come from the restrictive nature of marijuana regulations. I'm thinking of one case in particular where the city of Denver condemned a marijuana business location because of eminent domain. So the city needed it for public purposes. The licensee was unable to relocate its license because of a cap on locations in the city of Denver, and it produces a unique situation. Normally, any other kind of business could pick up and move across the city, and therefore they wouldn't be compensated for the loss of their business in an eminent domain proceeding. In this case, the regulations prevented them from doing that because of the details of this case and we had to be creative to work within the regulations in order to save this business from actually just going out of business because they lost their location.
1: The cannabis industry can be a steep mountain to climb for first-time licensees. In addition to navigating the many regulations, the costs to start a small cannabis business can quickly add up. On average, opening a dispensary can tally anywhere from 150000 million, depending on location, size, and other factors. And for scrappy startups with little starting capital, getting a loan to support this upfront spending can
8: be difficult. The kinds of loans that are available to marijuana businesses are typically more aggressive, have harder terms, are more expensive, take longer than any other kind of business that can take a loan against future revenue.
1: With all of the barriers to entry, there are laws in place designed to help level the playing field against large corporations that are looking to monopolize the market. One such initiative gives licenses to people who have been disproportionately affected by the war on drugs.
8: The concept thematically is that the war on drugs has disproportionately impacted people of color over the years, even as that happened and continues to happen. What we saw in the early 10 years of the cannabis industry is that the people who were able to benefit from legalized marijuana were, by and large, not people from those communities. They were white people with money who had the capital to start businesses. They had the political influence to get the licenses that they needed. And so the people and communities that were impacted the most by the war on drugs have also been disproportionately underrepresented in the legal cannabis marketplace, and it's systemically unfair. It's a difficult topic to address in arrears. I mean, it is a systemic problem. And efforts to rectify these injustices by, for example, throwing tax money from existing businesses back into the communities that were impacted seem to be too little too late or not big enough to rectify the imbalance.
1: While it's a fiercely debated topic, these laws helping social equity applicants are gaining wide interest across the nation. For example, Arizona legalized adult-use cannabis last November and has allocated 26 new licenses for social equity applicants. Because of their scarcity, each license is estimated to be worth many millions of dollars.
2: If you ask me if there will be new licenses, I would say that it's more likely that I could add a new chapter to the Bible than get more licenses in the state of Arizona.
1: That's Dimitri Downing, the founder and executive director of META, a marijuana industry trade association serving Arizona. Downing notes that the decision around who exactly qualifies to receive these coveted new licenses is still up in the air.
2: The interesting thing is the law was written in such a vague framework that it says individuals from disadvantaged communities who are impacted negatively by the drug war. It, it's in Prop 207, but that's it. That's all it says, and then the rest is up to the state. So they can use data, they can use examples, they can draw something out of a hat.
1: Downing says that the 26 new licenses are already bringing in hundreds of interested candidates and hopefully recipients will be selected by the end of the year. However, as of right now, there's still a lot of debate.
2: Some people are saying that they should be required to demonstrate $500,000 in liquid capital. You know, who are we trying to help? Presumably, let's talk West Street scenario. If somebody is 18, they're transporting marijuana across the country, they went to jail for seven years. They just got out of jail in January of this year. They hear about their cannabis industry. They'd like to get involved. They spent seven years in jail for transporting marijuana. Great social equity candidate.
1: Once these candidates are selected, there are also questions around how the license can be used to fund upfront costs.
2: If they are transferable in negotiable interest, the social equity applicants should be able to borrow against them from individuals like Jay-Z or Burner or any of these organizations that are out there claiming that they want to help finance these social equity licenses. Well, if the instrument is transferable and negotiable at $15, $20 million, well, then an easy loan can be made against these licenses. You know, if things go wrong, they have the asset that they can seize. But, you know, things shouldn't go wrong, especially not with groups that are there to support and to make sure that these people succeed.
1: To help ensure that these people thrive, META has created an online mentorship program in partnership with leaders in the cannabis industry. The modules cover different topics and are available for free on the META site and open to prospective applicants, as well as anyone interested in learning more about the ins and outs of the sector.
2: It gets them ready and it inspires them. And, you know, they're going to have to advocate for their own position as to why they should be eligible for social equity with the state in April, May, June, during the deliberation process. Hopefully, the state will make that a very public process. And so that will be exciting to see. Our task is to educate individuals as to how the industry works. It's something they don't get for free, something you can't even pay for, really. It's so rare that there's a program or a course that exists that teaches about how the cannabis industry works. Now we have, if you go to our website and you see who's involved, we have the highest of the highest leaders of the Arizona cannabis industry, sharing information for free
1: programs like this one run by Meta, and the laws that back these types of licenses offer an opportunity for disadvantaged people to get a slice of the pie of the growing cannabis market
8: the only real way to improve access for minority applicants into ownership is to provide these economic incentives for that kind of ownership because money talks and Without an incentive to do so from the government, there's no reason for someone with a lot of capital who's not from one of those communities to give away part of their investment to someone who is, who doesn't have the same capital. You know, maybe to the extent that there are training programs, you can figure out a way for people seeking these kinds of ownership roles to gain some sweat equity. But again, that turns into a negotiation between the owners and the workers, and you know who has the upper hand in that.
1: To learn more about the cannabis industry, links to resources, and our guests, David Wanderlick and Dimitri Downing, head to ViewpointsRadio.org. You can find a link to the free cannabis industry modules at M-I-T-A hyphen For more behind the scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Twitter and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. I'm Gary Price.
4: Coming up, the beauty and simplicity of Alphabetical Order when Viewpoints returns.
9: Saving for taxes is hard for many business owners, perhaps especially independent contractors, artists, and entrepreneurs. Some business owners simply can't stop themselves from spending all the money as it comes in, then incurring more and more unsecured debt to pay their taxes and other obligations. Those businesses are sinking even if they don't know it yet. But Help for Debtors is available now. Business Debtors Anonymous is a 12-step recovery program with meetings every day where members support one another as they stop incurring new unsecured debt. At meetings, recovering members share how their lives have been transformed. Their stories will be reassuringly similar to your own. This 12-step program offers hope, clarity, and serenity, along with immediately usable tools to support better management of your personal and business finances. Find more information and request free program literature at HelpForDebtors.org. That's HelpForDebtors.org. Nyah, nyah, nyah. Bah, ba Zimbabwe. The broken Bunsen burner burns so bright. South. Jamie. Southeast Asian Peninsula.
0: Hey, Jamie. Yes? I
9: think the only line we need from you today
0: is drivers who switch to progressive
9: could say big cool i just gotta finish my warm-ups foul foul throw in the
6: towel history
7: history switch to progressive today
9: Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit
6: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates if you're worried about your cholesterol hear how others are taking charge with garlic healthy cholesterol formula
3: my doctor said my cholesterol was borderline so i've been taking garlic and it
10: works i take garlic every day to help maintain healthy cholesterol no garlic breath
5: And garlic is a world leader in garlic potency, so you know it works.
6: Take charge of your cholesterol with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed.
4: If you have a last name that starts with a Y or a Z, you're probably familiar with waiting a while for your name to be called go back to grade school, and alphabetical order is the standard. It's used when taking attendance or at any large event, like a graduation or spelling bee. But it's not just common in education. Many libraries use a mix of the Dewey Decimal System and alphabetization to sort books, while pharmacies list patients from A to Z in order to quickly hand out prescriptions. The list of applications of alphabetical order goes on and on, but before this way of sorting was everyday practice, what were the other prevailing techniques that people of the past relied on?
3: They preferred other sorting orders like chronological or hierarchical where the most important person comes first on the list, the least important person comes last. There are obviously subject categories is another way, geographical. There are many, many sorting orders. And alphabetical was for thousands of years the least important.
4: That's Judith Flanders, a historian and author of A Place for Everything: The Curious History of Alphabetical Order. While Flanders specializes in the study of alphabetization, she's also familiar with other methods that were dominant in the past. For instance, the head-to-heels ordering system seen in medicine. Head
3: was a method of organizing material for medical or surgical manual. And it was very simple. You began with illnesses or diseases that affected the head. So you would start with, say, headaches and what might cause them, or trouble with your eyes, you move down to your nose and your ears and your mouth, and you would gradually move through the body until you got to whatever the diseases of the foot might be.
4: The head-to-heels method worked exceptionally well because everyone's body is structured in the same order. However, today, this way of organization is rarely seen. Instead, many medical and surgical indexes are alphabetized since it's faster and a more universal method that anyone with any background can understand. The
3: thing about alphabetical order is that it is the only sorting method that has so far been devised where the person looking things up doesn't need to know anything. If you are looking up Sydney, you don't need to know it's in Australia. You just look
4: up F. While it's a straightforward way to find the right information quickly, Flanders says the early history of alphabetical order is murky because there isn't much written evidence left. However, there are clear signs that show when people first started writing down the alphabet, and this dates back thousands of years. As far as we know, alphabetical writing
3: developed in Upper Egypt in an area called the Western Desert in about 2500 BC, those are the first indications we have of the use of an alphabetic rather than a pictographic form of writing. However, we don't actually have any form of alphabetic sorting using the alphabet as a trick, if you like, to classify and sort Objects until about 300 BC. So, 1500 odd years when nobody used alphabetical order to sort.
4: So, when did alphabetical order finally come into use? Historians theorize that it was first put into practice at the Library of Alexandria in Egypt, that held thousands and thousands of papyrus scrolls. Scholars would do research at the large library and needed a way to find the many books within its walls
3: we think that they may have used what is called first-letter alphabetic order. In other words, all the books written by authors whose name began with an A over there, all the books with the author's name that began with a B over there. We didn't use any of the other letters in the author's names, just the first letter. And after that, alphabetical order was known as a sorting order, but it wasn't much used. It was basically something that didn't
4: interest anyone. The Greeks knew of it, the Romans knew of it, but nobody used it much. Flanders notes that even these accounts are just a theory. Historians really don't know exactly when alphabetical order came into use because the papyrus was rewritten again and again over time. papyrus
3: as a writing medium, it is not very durable. It lasts maybe a hundred years, maybe a little longer. So for anything to have survived pre the regular use of parchment, it means that whatever the book or document or record was, it had to have been copied over and over every hundred odd years through the centuries. And, of course, what happens if something is copied, somebody looks at, say, a list of books, and thinks, oh, well, I can organize that better. That's a really weird way of organizing it. And so they we call it copying, but they reorganize it. So although we think we know certain things, like possibly the Great Library of Alexandria was organized alphabetically, all we have is a fragment of a document from centuries after the Great Library existed that indicates, that that document is in rough alphabetical
4: order. But if you fast forward to the modern world in Western Europe around the 13th century, there's concrete proof of alphabetical order in use. Flanders says that its introduction began with new universities forming in the area. Intellectuals studying at these schools needed a method to logically organize their manuscripts and decided on alphabetized indexes. On top of that, preachers at churches also use this method to help with their sermon writing. You've got the development of the Franciscan order of preachers, these mendicant
3: preachers who went across Europe. They weren't unlike previous orders. They weren't very educated. They weren't very well read. They didn't know a lot. They didn't know the Bible terribly well. So you got were in effect, that said, if you're writing a sermon about loyalty, use the symbol of the lion. And the lion can be found in the Bible in these books. And so, suddenly, you are getting these, in effect, alphabetized indexes to help the preachers build their sermons.
4: Today, alphabetical order is the predominant and universal method of organization across many different countries, cultures, and industries we can't help but wonder, is there a better way? Just after World War II, Winston Churchill said, no one pretends
3: that democracy is perfect or all wise. Indeed, it has been said that democracy is the worst form of government, except for all those other forms that have been tried from time to time. And I think that's the same with organizing and sorting. All the methods that have been tried—hierarchical, categorical, geographical, chronological—we can say that alphabetical order is as close as we can get to a universally accessible, non-elitist form of sorting. And so it is the worst form of classification that has ever been devised, except for all those other forms that were tried.
4: To find out more about this topic and our guest, Judith Flanders, head to viewpointsradio.org. You can check out her book, A Place for Everything, The Curious History of Alphabetical Order, online and in bookstores. For more behind-the-scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Twitter and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. Studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson.
1: Viewpoints returns
9: in just a moment. Limited availability of COVID-19 vaccines means testing will remain important for work, travel, and preventing disease spread. A recent national survey shows widespread confusion about COVID-19 testing. Less than a third of people surveyed know the difference between PCR-based and rapid antigen-based technologies, and more than half say it doesn't matter what kind of test you get. Dr. Manoj Gandhi, Senior Medical Director at Thermo Fisher Scientific, which commissioned the survey, says accuracy doubts could keep people from being tested at all.
2: Nearly two-thirds of those surveyed believe COVID-19 tests can be wrong as much as half the time. PCR tests are designed to detect SARS-CoV-2 with high sensitivity. Understanding when to use PCR tests is imperative to knowing your COVID-19 status and safely getting back to life's routine activities.
9: Nearly three-quarters of Americans say they'd choose a COVID-19 test with the most accurate results, even if they have to wait a little longer. Find out more at covidtestinginfographic.com.
10: Welcome to Culture Crash, where we examine what's new and old in entertainment. In 2017, Warner Brothers released The Justice League, a long-anticipated but ultimately underwhelming superhero team-up film featuring Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg. What should have been a massive tentpole was instead a head-scratcher, and that was due in part to the exit of original director Zack Snyder after a family tragedy. In his stead, director Joss Whedon finished the film and tried to change its tone and storyline in his telling. In the aftermath of the tentpole bomb, fans of Zack Snyder's previous work began lobbying Warner Bros. to release his version of the movie instead of the Frankenstein's monster version that audiences saw in theaters. For years, these cries went unheard until Warner Bros. decided to indulge the fans as a ploy to bring attention to the HBO Max streaming platform. At long last, fans can now watch Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO Max, and the results are genuinely fascinating. Snyder's version runs over four hours long, which is about double the original version's runtime. And while this new version isn't a complete masterpiece, it is a far more interesting story that makes tonal sense and that I would say I genuinely did enjoy. Even more fascinating than its quality, though, is how the film informs audiences on the post-production process. Almost all of the scenes in this four-hour version were shot for the 2017 release, so looking at these two versions side by side reveals just how much a studio and a new director can change a movie via reshoots and editing. The 2017 and 2021 versions of Justice League are entirely different movies with the same bones. Snyder's version has an additional villain, much more backstory, and a plot that actually makes sense. Whedon's version cut a lot of those things out, in favor of weird attempted comedy pieces in a more upbeat narrative, even rewriting some scenes that exist in both versions to change their location and pepper in some new jokes. If nothing else, Zack Snyder's Justice League is a fascinating insight into the mechanics of making modern blockbusters, and how quickly a vision can lose focus when too many cooks are in the kitchen. It also helps that I found it to be pretty good to boot. Zack Snyder's Justice League is now streaming on HBO Max. I'm Evan Rook.
7: You went online to switch your car insurance to Progressive so you could save money. But then you saw a friend request from an old summer camp buddy. And now here you are, clicking through photos of his kickball team from 2011. Hmm, looks like they won the championship that year. Then he moved to Tulsa. Oh, a new tattoo. Yes, they said it was easy to save hundreds on car insurance with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. National average savings by new customer surveyed who saved in 2019.
5: My doctor told me my cholesterol is borderline, so I took control with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. Garlic helps maintain healthy cholesterol safely and naturally. It's odor and taste free, and Garlic is a world leader in garlic potency. I'm taking charge of my cholesterol with garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula, cholesterol's natural enemy.
6: These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural references only the garlic in the product. Use as directed.